Hi, this is Cardi. And this is Ali. And welcome back to another episode of Creative Corporates, a podcast on career conversations for those starting out, switching out, and anything in between. Today, we're joined by Dan Hudson, who is currently working in growth private equity. He has previous experience investing in special situations and distressed businesses. He's worked at at two of the four, big four accounting firms, and he's here with us today to share his insights on how to break into private equity. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Hey, happy to be here. Glad to have you on. So, okay, we're just going to really focus on some basics to start off with. Private equity, it's a sexy term. We hear it all the time, but what does it actually mean? Yeah, it's just another way of investing in, in businesses and generating returns, essentially. I'm sure you and your listeners are familiar with kind of investing in public companies on, on the ASX, private equity. Sure, let's go with yes. Private equity is, is just investing, is the opportunity to invest in private companies right. that you couldn't otherwise invest in. Right, and is that why it's called private equity? Yeah, that, okay. that and you're, you're getting your funds from private sources, so individual investors um, and institutions. Right. So right now I could invest in a public company if I, for example, had a Comsec account, but I might not be able to invest in a private equity company just yet. Yeah, correct. So generally restricted for kind of larger investors, whether they're high net worths or, as I said, in larger institutions, whether that's kind of your super funds or your large banks. Okay, so it sounds really interesting, really exciting. I'm getting a Wolf of Wall Street vibes, but less, you know, the 80s and no Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm guessing. That's the, that's the biggest heartache. It is, it is. Okay, so for those of us who are looking to work, apparently not with Leo, how would we get started? So if I'm 18 years old, and I'm just coming out of uni and I've watched The Wolf of Wall Street and I've also watched The Big Short, so I'm a little bit scared. What should I be focusing on? Make sure you study something that is accounting and finance orientated, I'd start with. Okay, uh, so why? Well, accounting is a good is a good foundation. So accounting is com- commonly touted as the language of business, the best way to kind of tell a story through numbers. Um, right. So which you've got is- French, German language of business and accounting okay got it yeah that's it and and so that's probably the best place i would start now there's many different ways to kind of get there the the fastest way would be to do a classic um summer or winter internship at say an investment banking firm and then is that what is like bulge bracket why have i heard that term yeah correct so like the big four accounting firms are called the big four there's a a set of investment banks uh, largely international investment banks that are commonly called bulge bracket banks, right. so JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, et cetera. Okay, okay. And what are the ones, are those the, kind of the key ones or are there other ones that are big? Yeah, so in, all investment banking is is, is is company advisory. So right. uh, an investment banker is to a company what a real estate agent is for someone selling their house. Right. So do they still drive nice cars? They <laughs> they tend to drive nice cars. Okay, cool. Um, but there's not like a sign outside the front of the business. No, exactly right. Okay. So oftentimes businesses are bought and sold largely confidentially until it's announced to the market, right. at which point then, you know, the investment bankers are, uh, are on their front page of the AFR. Right. So that's like their realestate.com sold splash thing. It's usually like you'll see something that, that on the AFR. Yeah, yeah, correct. Because 
people like to know what's what's happening, what's being bought and what's being sold yeah. and why. What's hot in the market. Uh, that's right. exactly right. Okay. And so all the big transactions between large companies will we'll ultimately have at least one investment banking team working on that. Okay. Sounds fun. But in terms of, okay, so I'm studying these things. I may have gotten a summer or winter internship, but what if I haven't got any of those and I'm still maybe in my first job and I've subscribed to the AFR and I'm really interested in this space and I'm seeing lots of advertising on, but now I just don't know how to get started. Yeah, definitely. So that was that was kind of my path. And I'd say keep reading AFR. It's always handy to have your finger on the pulse. Okay. Um, and, and just knowing what's what's happening in the market, whether that's, you know, what's being bought, what's being sold. But ultimately, work out where you want to go, what you want to do, and then understand or get an idea of what's the, the skills that you need to get there. Right. And what would those skills be? So it's a whole range of different things. Um, primarily, if you're a junior, having good technical skills, being able to read and build financial models is critical for any junior coming in. That's what you kind of tend to do in the first couple of years. Um, and then as you get more senior, you kind of get more into the strategic side of it, which is less building the models and more working on kind of advisory and company strategy or deal strategy. Okay. So when you say models, are we talking like Kate Moss? What do you mean when you say Yeah, definitely. Models? Definitely. So essentially a model is just a, a company projection. Right. <laughs> um, so what do you think the business is going to do uh, and why do you think it's going to do it? So if it's if you're selling widgets, uh, you know how many widgets do you reckon you're going to sell this year, next year, and the year after? What's it cost you to produce a widget? And so you can kind of get an idea of what the the profits of the business are going forward, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately will inform you know the price that, that's paid for that business. So you want to you want to obviously maximize the price, but you need to have something that's achievable or realistic. You can't just. Uh, can't just make something that's an absolute fairy tale because no one's going to buy it. Right. So not you can't just have a Victoria's Secret model that actually has nothing really. Maybe I'm stuff. sure someone's marketed a company with with Kate Moss at the front. Right. Of it. Yeah. I don't know how well it did. Um. But okay. So, but where do you learn how to do this? Is there a course? Is it something you do at uni? Yeah. So it's a, it's a combination of things. So as I said, accounting accounting is is pretty key, and then. Obviously, finance, if you do either of those things at university, they'll set you up pretty well. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if you've got your first job and you're trying to transition in, you've got to, you've got to do a, a lot of work outside of your job to kind of fill that skills gap. So, you know, there's lots of courses that are self-paced learning, such as, you know, breaking into Wall Street or Wall Street prep, but then also like your professional accreditations or certifications, you know, CA. Um, if you're an accountant or, or a CFA is even, even better trying to get into the finance industry. And is that sort of something you do outside of work? You might do you buy it online? Do you enroll? Yeah, so I can give you my experience as an accountant straight out of uni. Um, my my work at the time offered it's, it's part of part of working there. You needed to be a CA, so it was kind of supported by the business. Um, and then I did the CFA outside of work. So you know, similar to similar to university, you pay course fees at the start of the year or the start of the level. Uh, there's three levels you need to pass to get all the way through. Um, and it's pretty much a six-month process of studying to then it all culminates up to a – it was at the time a six-hour exam on one day and now it's back to a three-hour exam. But you need to know all of your, your theory across kind of 10 modules um, and need to know it better than everybody else because they're essentially bell curve it and 
over 50% of people fail every year. Okay, so studying hard, critical for being in private equity as well. Okay, interesting. So we're, we're trying to break into private equity. We're doing our break into a Wall Street course. We perhaps have a certification now. We've done our exam. We've passed the bell curve. How do you get started then? Is it like you just apply for the company and then you're good to go? You know, is it usually a high acceptance rate? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So private equity is traditionally a, a very small industry, so it's quite competitive to get into. Right. Uh, but there's a lot of breadth once you're in the industry. So whether you want to um, invest in startup companies that – it might just be an idea and a founder. That's more venture capital type investing where you're taking a lot of risk but early on. So think of the people that, that got into Afterpay before it was even public um, and, and look at where it is now. So those types of returns are eye-watering and I'm sure all of those people are you know, driving around really nice cars today. Or you can kind of invest in, in later stage companies that are established, um, that have a product that they're marketing and selling. They just need money to, to essentially expand operations and grow. Or you could go the other end of the market, whereas companies are failing or have failed as a result of a lack of cash or you know, issues with their businesses, and they need money to essentially trade their way out of that position. So again, you take it, it's all about the idea of risk and return. So the higher the risk, generally the higher the return. So going back to the question of getting in, you just got to work out what type of investing you like to do, whether you like to take a lot of risk and, and pick up companies and grow with companies that are early in their in their life cycle or or try and work with companies that are that have issues and you're trying to unpick or solve the problems for them. So it all depends. So why is private equity so exciting in terms of the way that you're helping companies? I mean, is there a larger purpose or interest that you have in mind? Yeah, totally. So as, as Ali said before, I kind of work in, in growth, in growth private equity, which is more of that early stage investing. Now, businesses kind of use the money that we invest to grow and scale, but at the same time, they use our expertise and we work with them to, to, to kind of shape that business going forward. So you, you get a lot of value from you know, working with founders or, or working with the senior management team to kind of shape the strategy of the business. And that's more of a kind of a managing your existing investments but you're also then doing a whole lot of new investments um, continually and a lot of those a lot of those investments often end up in you know in, in the paper or um, on the AFR and that's I know a lot of people like that uh, because they like to kind of feel like they're contributing to to business and what's going on and you know it's often seen as, as that kind of that, that sexy that sexy industry because you're kind of in the thick of it you're you're in the driver's seat and people are coming to you I'm sure the people who are working 2 a.m., 3 a.m. are like, God, this is the sexiest I've ever been. But in terms of then individuals who are trying to enter in that space, you've obviously got a lot of high performers. You've got people who are really trying to be top of their class to get into these key firms. As you said, it's a very small market. So what are some of the key things individuals can do to differentiate themselves? That might not necessarily be modelling. Yeah, definitely. So you've got to be a you know a well-rounded and holistic candidate. So spend time at uni, going and joining societies, starting businesses, um, you know, volunteering. These are all the things that are, are critical to to being a well-rounded candidate. So if you go and start a business on the side, you've you've got the resilience, you've got the determination, you've got that self-starter attitude, which is which is pretty much the cornerstone of of working in this industry because. You know, oftentimes we work in teams that are five to ten people and there's no one there to kind of babysit you or work with you 
you know, hand in hand all, t- all the time. So you really drive yourself the outcome that you want. So people that, you know, can, can exemplify those things are, are people that I would look for in, in interviews if I was hiring someone that's outside of the kind of your technical skills. Yeah, so you're pretty much saying some creative involvement could be things relating to working in a team for team sports, could be in a creative space like an orchestra, but just something that's a bit out of the ordinary that doesn't involve you sitting in front of your computer 24-7. Yeah, it's, it's much it's much more than just your, your academics and uh, academics are an integral part, but you've got to, you've got to be out of, I guess... <laughs> It's, it's the, it goes back to the airport test, right? It's And that's the concept is that you want to hire someone that if you're stuck in an airport with them for six hours, you have no issues kind of chatting with them or having a good time with them. Um, and that kind of that cultural fit element, um, because at the end of the day, you're going to be you know working with them for hours at a time. You want to make sure that they're the right fit. You like them and they like you. Yeah, absolutely. And God, I think we could all wish that we could try the airport test sometime soon. But reflecting back, I think, Cardi, you would definitely pass that airport test. I remember we were on our way to LA and there was no in-flight entertainment. So for 14 hours, we were the in-flight entertainment. Not only for each other, just catching up on the last two weeks, probably everyone else around us. So I think we passed that test with flying colours. I eagerly await my private equity offer in that regard. But... This has been really helpful in terms of demystifying some of what the industry does, what they're really looking for in candidates, still the importance of creativity. I think what would you say to individuals who might start this journey? They try, they might not get it their first time, they might not get it their second time. Why is this still a worthy pursuit and something you should put your time and effort into trying to break into? Yeah, 100%. There, what I would say is there's many different ways to, to get to where you want to be. I didn't get to where the role I'm in now first time around. I actually had to try a couple of times to get there. And uh, what I ended up doing is, is actually going into a smaller, less known investment house, generating the skills uh, and then using those to, to get into the role I'm in now. So it's, look, it is a bit of a process and there's many ways to get in. You just need to you know, be a bit resilient and it's that process of investing. You invest a dollar today for greater returns in the future. So you spend time today working hard outside of work to then get into the career that will ultimately ultimately return better for you in the long run. Yeah, that's really helpful. I think reflecting back on that as well, when you're going for those interviews, I think just based on our own experience and more broad advice that we would say for anyone, not just in private equity, but if it's not that first time as well, do you think that getting that feedback so that you're able to as well hone those skill set and round yourself out as a candidate is important? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, interviews are two-way streets. They're a conversation that you get to learn about them and as much as they get to learn about you. And for someone that's not in the industry, it's some of the best insight you can get into actually what they do on a day-to-day basis and what they look for. So then even if you don't get the first or second or third interview that you go to, you ultimately are gaining experience and can use those later on, which will ultimately help you convert that interview into a job. Amazing. Okay, well, I've really learned a lot about private equity on this podcast. I'm not sure I'm going to break into it anytime soon, but I guess I'll have a bit more of an understanding when I'm reading about it in the AFR and some of the recent deals. I think what I would say to our candidates or individuals looking to get into this space, 
The most important thing from this conversation to take away with you is if it's really something that you're passionate about at any stage, it's have that tenacity, have that real self-starter motivation to say, what can I do to improve myself and the value that I'm offering? If you're also spending that time outside of work cultivating those skills because you're learning about the language of business and you're learning more about how businesses operate, that's only going to be more beneficial for you in other professions as well. Perhaps you want to start your own one day. So I definitely think this is something that we can all take from in terms of just a journey towards being the best kind of corporate you can be without losing the creativity. Yeah, and knowing that you've obviously got your fast lane option, which I think you've mentioned is, you know, arguably going to what we'd classify as, you know, a top-tier university you UCID or UNSW in New South Wales, um, and then ticking off the box by, you know, being in your investment society, doing those internships and, you know, working in private equity straight away, which is just as valuable as actually going through a different or second-lane path which is, you know, in your situation, doing your BAC, getting practical accounting experience, getting your CA, um, looking into your CFA as well, and, you know, working from actually more of a big four foundational um, perspective and then actually step-by-step reaching to that private equity route by going through a boutique M&A sort of process, which essentially leads you to the same outcome and shows you that there's always another way to do it and that, you know, if you're ever going to receive feedback that doesn't support your view that you can get to your goal, you've demonstrated that you, that you can do that. Absolutely. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and sharing with you with us your insights. For those of us listening, you can find more about what we do at Creative Corporates on Instagram. If you've enjoyed this podcast or you know someone who is trying to break into private equity, make sure you share this with them. And if you've liked the quality of this content or you're willing to support us, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much again for joining us and we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.